all over. Right? There's like a weird lump there. I don't know if the doc, you know. I've like, been recording for the last like 10 seconds. <laughs> and welcome back. Doctor said it's terminal. <laughs> all right. Well, welcome back. to uh, episode 12 of Recommendies. This is a podcast about media and about entertainment. Where I or whatever guest will recommend some of my uh, our favorite movies or our favorite books or shows, video games and music to you, the listener. Today is a really special episode. We have our first recurring guest, Ben Schuster. Thank Ooh. you for coming back on Recommendies. Ben is now handing me a huge plaque in my honor. <laughs> yes. He'll be in his room as number the first person. Studios. The statue outside yeah. your home will be constructed soon. Yeah. I like this. <laughs> of course. We'll get the measurements after <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this recording. Um, but yeah, Ben, thanks so much for coming on. Man. No problem, man. If you guys missed uh, his debut episode, we talked about Fantastic Mr. Fox. That was a banger. You should go check it out. It was Lots a lot of fun. thrilling dialogue to be exchanged. <laughs> this is a good, uh, it's a good, it's a really good movie. I like doing that podcast a lot. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. If you haven't listened to the show before, uh, it's broken up into sort of three main segments. First, visiting the wiki where we'll look at the wikipedia page of whatever we're talking about and just learn a little bit more about that thing next we'll kind of look at the critical and the audience reception of this thing and just see how it did from both the critics and an audience's uh point of view and then lastly we'll sort of give our own thoughts on the matter so with that being said let's get into today's topic the grateful dead Woo! yeah Nice. Yeah. <laughs> so, Grateful Dead, they're an American rock band. They were formed in 1965 in Palo Alto, California. The founding members are Jerry Garcia, who was on lead guitar and vocals, Bob Weir, who was on rhythm guitar as well as vocals, Ron Pigpen McKiernan, keyboards, percussion, harmonica, got Phil Lesh on the bass, and Bill, I never know how to say his name. Kurtzman or something like that? Bill Okay, I think it's Kurtzman. Bill Kurtzman, who's on drums and on percussion. So they're known for their multifaceted style. They combine elements of folk music, rock music, bluegrass, country, jazz, psychedelia, world music, Americana. They just kind of cover all the bases with it still sounding very cohesive and very them. Yeah, it's one big melting pot. Mm -hmm. And that's also kind of a testament to how each individual member of the band really came from all those different backgrounds, right? Like there's keyboard players in the group that were trained in classical compositions mm. jerry garcia i know grew up playing more like jug music and right. bluegrass banjo yeah. stuff and r&b and like mm. people in r&b all sorts of stuff and all yeah. really culminated to one you know, cool group yeah really really unique sound so they're kind of known uh their live performances are very very coveted they have these really sort of lengthy instrumental jams and then they use a lot of modal and tonal improvisation just things you don't really hear kind of in conventional music it's just really, really cool. Um, and then they also have one of the most devoted fan bases in music called the Deadheads. Ben, would you consider yourself a Deadhead? Um, I don't know. I feel like I can't. I feel like those, the true Deadheads were the ones, you know, back in, back the, in the day, yeah. back in my day, were actually like, touring with, you know what I mean? Sure. Like, touring show yeah. to show and stuff. But I'm a, I don't know. I've been to my fair share of yeah, shows when they're here. I think I've seen them all times they've come to. Michigan's yeah. thus far, but mm -hmm. I don't know if I call myself a tried and true deadhead just yet. I we'll think see. as much we'll as you see. can be. It's yeah. just it's so much harder now because I mean tickets are expensive and 
They're not playing as many oh. shows. So you, it's, I mean, people still do follow him around, but it's it's a lot harder to than it was in like the 70s and stuff, I'm sure. Screw Ticketmaster. Yeah. Oh my God. I, hate, uh, I don't want to pay like $100. Literally. Just let me like get in the show. It's, it's so tough because I saw, so I just saw John Mayer, his solo tour. Yeah. The tickets were not too bad. I mean, we're like high up. We're on the second level in Little Caesars. And mm. I think they're like 50. But then the service fee is like 30 extra dollars. Yeah, for what? I know. For like, like what? what? Like, I got this mean? ticket online. You're not like holding it. It's, it's not like, like 1920s. Exactly. I have to go to the booth and pick them out. You know yeah, I mean? it's like, just so frustrating. And uh, yeah, I mean, I think that's like pretty much everyone who buys concert tickets. <laughs> a little, nice little sidetrack right there. Talk. Yeah. Bashing Ticketmaster. Absolutely. Well, they need to be bashed, man. Breach. The <laughs> <laughs> Grateful Dead, they're also kind of known as like the pioneers and godfathers of jam bands. I think now you got, I think Fish is the biggest one that I think of. Yeah, Fish for me. I know there's um String Cheese Incident, I think is one big one. Widespread Panic's another one. Mm. Those are probably like the big ones yeah. that are more widely known. But sure. the Grateful Dead is, I think, the creme de la creme when mm-hmm. it comes to to jams band because they just do it definitely yeah uh, right so i mean they they formed a while ago so as members have kind of come and gone the dead has evolved into a variety of other iterations and currently uh that is dead and company although they're gonna do their final tour they are gonna do their final this tour this yeah. summer so that band um the lineup currently is is you still have bob weir uh you still have bill krutzman yeah, <laughs> um sure. And Mickey Hart. Um, he's just another one of the kind of original. He came in a little bit later yeah, in the group, but, but he's, he's still been a right. drummer for the band mm-hmm. for a very, very long time. Yeah, he's really good. And then now you got John Mayer on guitar and vocals. You have Oteil Burbage on bass. And then Jeff Comenti, who's on keyboard and then also vocals. And all three of the new guys are just so good in their own right. And I think they fit. <laughs> they fit really well. I think you got like an email. Something. I thought I'd turn that off. No, you're good. Edit it in post. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just make it a, bo- a lot louder. Yeah. <laughs> it's even more disrespectful. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like, yeah, all the new guys, I think they fit really well. You can tell they like respect music and then also they're just integrated well, I think. Yeah, yeah. They're all really talented in their own right and really have that ability to jam and play for long periods of time and do it well, which yes. I think is probably one of the reasons why they were targeted mm-hmm. for the group. Yeah. Um, I know for John Mayer, when he first came to the, for Dead and Company, a lot of like, you know, true deadheads and stuff were like, oh, this know, guy, this, yeah. yeah, right. This guy, like, and I can see it too. His yeah. voice is a little bit different than what that style pertains. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's more like poppy sounding. Yeah. But it's just guitar playing yeah. is unmatched. Exactly, I mean, come on, yeah. out of anyone currently that would like could play guitar probably mm-hmm. close to Jerry Garcia. Yeah, and he's just so talented, man. Mm-hmm. John Mayer is really good. But um, as I've you know seen him throughout the years playing with the Dead and Company, he's really started to like he's really fit in. You know what I yeah. mean? Like he's really found his groove with and made it kind of his own little thing, and it's it's, mm-hmm. it's very nice, and I think it, it works. It's cool to see how him being with them has also made him better as a player in his own right and in his own music especially live um i just feel like he like you're constantly learning new things but this kind of just like unlocked a new style of playing that he'd never done before sure he's just kind of like yeah well you can do this now (laughs) so then he does it and it's really really cool yeah i had 
man, because they, I mean, they jam on songs for like 15, 20 minutes, mm-hmm. just trading solos, and they're always in sync with each other, and that's like, I feel like just to improv for that long is hard, but then also to be in sync with like five other guys, yeah, and then do it like for four hours, <laughs> it's right. like crazy, yeah, it's, it's insane. so impressive. Yeah, they're just, just really, really cool. So before we get into the first segment, we're getting into the unofficial first segment. What is the drink of the episode for you, Ben? Um, same thing as last time, which is pretty boring. Just a big old jug of water. Can you explain the stickers on your water bottle, though? Yeah, I got... I used to have a Grateful Dead one, but, you know, mm-hmm. time weathered that one out at yeah. DK Metcalf. A uh, fantasy pick for me last year's kind of saved me from taking last place, so he deserves a spot. Cranbrook Institute of oh, Science yeah. sticker. Remember, we saw <laughs> Sue did. there, big dinosaur, and a uh, big old Frogo and Da Crew. I love that which sticker. Is, which <laughs> yeah. are toads with instruments. That one's a lot of fun. That, have, you got something special, I have don't you? Something kind of cool. It's a little matcha, soy milk latte. I think I had this on the Psych episode, if you've been tracking the drinks oh, yeah. episode, which I'm sure no one has, but <laughs> yeah, it's good. I don't know. It's kind of a dreary day outside. Yeah, not bad. But good salamander weather, man. This is the time where the migration happens and they'll be out. You'll be seeing me out there tonight. <laughs> With this magnifying glass. <laughs> no, I'm not, not magnifying glass. I'm not microscopic, dude. They're like, <laughs> like, I don't know like, what... Grabbing, you know. Yeah. <laughs> ah, come here. Not <laughs> put them in my pocket for later. <laughs> Stew them up. Don't do that. They'll probably die. Don't. <laughs> viewer discretion. Don't stew your manders. Are there are there salamanders that are like fireproof? What? <laughs> <laughs> uh, not that I know okay, of. Never mind. Was that something you've seen? Uh, so let's visit <laughs> the wiki. <laughs> so is the net. All the information you're gonna hear is from. Uh, from Wikipedia, just because it's a lot of fun and it's a lot easier. So, talking about the origins of Grateful Dead, originally they were a band called the Warlocks. They kind of played a more folky, kind of jug style, like you said, how Jerry mm-hmm. Garcia started. Kind of because that was just like the style of music back then. Yeah. Um, they started out playing bar shows and at one point they had played, they would play five sets a night. Five nights a week for six weeks. So, I mean, you talk about the 10,000-hour rule. That's, like, yeah. that's <laughs> insane. That's a lot of playing. Yeah, get your practice in. And they were probably all... I think when they formed, Bob Weir was, like, 18. Yeah, he was, like, a kid. He, he was, was, like, yeah, really he was young. Really he just, like, joined the band. Yeah, and the other guys were not much. I mean, they were all, like, I don't know, in their early 20s. Yeah. Still, like, really kind of cutting their teeth. And, yeah, the early San Francisco bar scene. They actually changed their name from the Warlocks after finding another band that had the same name. And a fun fact is that the band, the Velvet Underground, they also had to change their name from the Warlocks. Which is crazy, right? The <laughs> Warlocks so a hot commodity, yeah. man. And it's probably what's funny is that the original Warlocks probably were not nearly as successful <laughs> as these other two yeah, bands. By far. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, <laughs> they actually got the name Grateful Dead. Uh, Jerry Garcia got it while looking through a world language dictionary. And the definition that he found was the soul of a dead person or his angel showing gratitude to someone who, as an act of charity, arranged their burial. I honestly just think it sounds really cool. Yeah. I haven't like thought about the meaning too much. Yeah, man. They're just like a fun little... Yeah. I feel like it's transcended 
sort of the definition of like the Grateful Dead. I mean, like, well, when we hear it, because we're fans of the music, we'll think of the band. But I feel like for a lot of people, yeah, you just hear that and you think of the band, not right, like, yeah. yeah, it in the religious context or whatever. Yeah, and then in terms of kind of breaking out and growing, uh, their first show under the name of Grateful Dead was December 4th, 1965, at one of Ken Casey's acid tests. So I think Ken Casey was like an author yeah. or writer. Yeah, he was an American author. At that time. Yeah, and he would just like, <laughs> they're called acid tests. I think they were just kind of like parties. Yeah, they people were just would drop acid. acid. <laughs> um, and that kind of leads to another point. I think psychedelics and sort of various drugs, they play a large role in the creation of their music as well as like the consumption. Not that you have to, like, <laughs> you can listen to their songs yeah. and uh, appreciate them no matter what. But definitely going to a live show, you see a lot of people are, you know, under the influence of various uh -huh. things. And um, I don't know if it's encouraged, but they definitely are, like, they know what it is. And it's like, yeah, this is just part of the, the deadhead culture a little bit. And I think that originally stemmed from the fact that at that time acid and other psychedelics were really big for the counterculture movement yes. at that time. Yeah. And by doing that, that influenced and started the hippie movement at the time. Mm -hmm. And the dead's music was very much the front or the face yeah. for like, you know, when you think like hippies, I mean, I don't yeah. Know. Grateful dead is very it's like, very, hand, yeah. hand for that. Definitely. And that really helped push their popularity. I'd say mm -hmm. just because, I mean, you know, they were, you know, like, yeah, it just, that's what they were. Yeah, that's what they were. I'm just sorry, a little bit of, like, brain fart. <laughs> nah, you're all good. We made the mistake last night. <laughs> literally, like, half an hour before we both went to sleep, I think we just downed, like, ten wings each. Yeah. I was like, all right, time to go to sleep. Right, not a... Not the best. Not idea. <laughs> Right, my body's not working, like... No. <laughs> yeah. Everything's all slow. And... But it's all good. <laughs> I think it's funny, and um, in the show Freaks and Geeks... I guess spoilers, if you haven't seen Freaks and Geeks, you know, it came out, like, in 1999. Um, the main character of the show, Lindsay, at the end, um, she has to kind of decide between, like, it takes place in Michigan, which is kind of cool. She has to decide between going to, like, this camp at U of M over the summer uh, to pursue, like, math, I think. And then, or she has to, like, meet up with this group of deadheads and follow the dead on tour. The show takes place in, like, the 70s, I think. And she chooses to follow, like, go with the deadheads. And that's just how the show ends. Oh, like, right, really? Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's cool, because, like, in the last two episodes, the album American Beauty plays a big part in kind of her arc, but also the show as a whole. It's, like, one of her guidance counselors, or her guidance counselor, kids attorney. He's a big, like, he has, like, the long hair. And he's like, yeah, man. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's kind of right. stereotypical, like, Tinted hippie. sunglasses yeah. Or yeah, so he kind of personifies... Like a almost like a caricature of what deadheads might be, and yeah, they definitely yeah, he's like not in a derogatory way because you know hippies, you know, yeah. it's kind of what they are a little bit. Kind of an interesting, I guess, also fun fact about that. So going back to you know, you think like a lot of you know deadheads were hippie, but at the time because the counterculture movement, um, biker gangs were really big into the dead too. Really, because at the time, you know. Like, biker gang who rebellious you know mm -hmm. what i mean the grateful dead were you know that rebellious group that's fair and so the hell's angels were like really like synonymous with the grateful oh, dead so 
a lot of the shows would just be like a bunch of like you know hippie people tripping in hell's angels which is a really <laughs> weird freaky mix <laughs> you would never expect yeah oh that's so funny <laughs> i feel like symbolically it makes sense but just like the music no it does not it doesn't make sense yeah, it doesn't fit. A big biker guy or something that's like so that funny oh man that's really funny so the band's first lp i still don't know what lp stands for but it's like an album i guess yeah. uh it's just titled the grateful dead and it was released in 1967 by warner bros which is pretty cool pretty big label yeah. uh, and i think other notable studio lps that i could think of personally uh were working man's dead that was in 1970 american beauty which we just mentioned that was also in 1970 uh terrapin station was in 1977 and then in the dark was actually their most successful one and that was in 1987 an interesting thing about the Grateful Dead is they've only had one single to ever reach the top 40, and that was Touch of Grey, which is off of In the Dark. That's so crazy to me just because of how popular they are and how, like, like everyone kind of knows their name, but, you know, charts-wise, they really weren't that popular. No, and I think uh, some reason that, that I'd have to like, guess is that they, I think they mentioned that Touch Your Grey was the the song they wanted to write for radio to be like the big radio hit. Uh, Majority of their other stuff, especially on um their first few albums like American Beauty and Working Man Dead, was kind of just like for themselves. That's fair. They wanted to write stuff that they, you know, like they, they don't really care about the <laughs> record studio. Like, sure. yeah, you like, we're already popular. Like, I know. Yeah, people I mean, come yeah. see us, you know what I mean? But this is not for you guys. We're making music that like we want and uh, that we think Know, our fans would like yeah but touch of gray i think was that first one they're like all right we'll give you your radio hit sure oh yeah. and it's a good song it's yeah it is worth <laughs> no i mean they did yeah they count 87 so you know a good 22 years after they really sort of started yeah yeah that just still blows my mind it is weird mm-hmm. and also even if you look at like um spotify or apple music and they're streaming their streaming numbers are like pretty low yeah. But I think that's probably to the fact that most of the music that people listen are just like recorded yeah. or on tapes or, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah. So the big appeal for that is not really, you don't listen to them on Spotify. A lot of people no. who do listen to them a lot have their own, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Their own little archive of yeah. taped recorded shows or other CDs and whatnot. I know in one of the cars um, that you had, it's like it's just a bunch of CDs and one of them was literally just... Um, I don't remember what song it was. One CD was just the same song. I think it was, uh, was it Casey Jones? Yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> it was yeah. just that, like, over and over and over. And you're like, is this just Casey Jones? Yeah, right. From just a bunch of different shows. Which, but, like, that's the thing, man. That's kind of the culture. Um, yeah, their live performances, that's really what got them popular. Mm-hmm. That's, like, I feel like probably, you know, back in their heyday, a lot of it was kind of word of mouth. And then you have this, such this devoted fan base so then people are like okay well you know they're so big maybe i'll check it out right and also the fact that they encouraged tape like recording of their shows yeah. they wanted people to to share set music. up and like record and like share the music and like mm-hmm. share the love for that which is like pretty cool and no no one else really does that i don't think no that and people discourage it like, yeah right i think for like bruno mars you have to like you can't have your phone on you in the venue uh-huh when i, I saw jack white mm-hmm. And before we went to the show, we had to get like put our phones in these like locked bags, yeah. and then like open them back up when right. we like leave the venue. And like I get that, like I get them wanting the audience to be present, mm-hmm. um, because yeah, you don't want someone just like recording the entire show on their phone. Yeah, but um, yeah, it's just it's interesting the two two different sides. And I don't really think one is like 
I'm not like, oh, this is like bad and this one's better. It's just different and yeah, it's kind of interesting. So I think it's estimated that the Dead have played more than 2,300 live shows over their run. And something cool that's at a lot of different shows is something called the Shakedown. Do you want to just talk a little bit about that? And what yeah, that so it's basically just before the show, the people or all the fans and stuff would just set up like tents and shops mm-hmm. of like whatever you want. Mm-hmm. And they do it to try to get money either to get ticket for the show or just to get tickets to go to the next show. Yeah. And so people would set up these shops and sell like food mm-hmm. or, you know, art or whatever you can honestly find right a lot of it's like things people have made yeah like a lot a lot of, a lot of cool tie-dye there's a mm-hmm. bunch of cool tie-dye yeah. like patches i don't know there's also like some like healing crystals yeah things yeah like that. You know, all that stuff and they'd use that and the money to mm-hmm. go to show to show i know my uncle big deadhead guy back in the day he'd uh at the shakedown he'd sell cookies oh. like chocolate chip cookies to people and oh, he'd use nice. that money to get the tickets for the show See, that's cool. which is pretty cool yeah yeah, it's just a really unique thing. You don't see that at any other show I've ever been to. No, no. And then before the show, they'd all pack it all down and yeah. head in the show. And what? Right. It's so <laughs> crazy. And it's like how kind of organized it is. Yeah, right. It's it, like a whole it's little, it's like a little uh, art show farmer's market. Yeah, <laughs> it's the exact same vibe. It really looks like it's like put on by someone in charge. But uh-huh. it's just, nope, that's just... what the fans do. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like an understanding that, yeah, this is uh-huh. going to happen. That's really, really cool. So... Something about their live shows, Grateful Dead has played. They played shows every year from 1965 to 1995. I think they might have taken a hiatus in like the 80s at one point, but still, you know, 30 years of playing multiple shows every year is pretty crazy. And um, yeah, their live shows. That's really I think where people sort of like have fallen in love with the band, and that's like. Yeah, you listen to their studio stuff, and it is good. It's definitely yeah, good yeah, don't knock the studio studio stuff. I mean, Working mm-hmm. Man's Dead and American Beauty are phenomenal yeah. albums front to back. I think American Beauty is definitely, I don't know if it's their, to me it's their most like well-known one, I feel like. I would say so. Just even the album art is just really nice. Uh-huh, it's <laughs> pretty rose. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's really good. That's more like folk. Folky. American folk. Yeah. And then Working Man's Dead, I'd say, is more blues, bluegrass. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's cool. There's a lot of slide guitar on it. Which is yeah, really and nice. that's kind of a, a test to their original style when Pig Pen was still Pig Pen was still mm-hmm. in the group. Yeah. They were because they were coming off playing, you know, like jug music. Yeah, together. that was that they were really focused focusing on. Sure. And then American Beauty, you see that big shift and like another different sound. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really really cool, and it's yeah, both are really great studio albums. Um, but yeah, and then like you said, they encourage taping at their concerts. I know Dead and Company, they have like like professionally record and then put out mm-hmm. their shows on like Spotify or Apple music or whatever you have. Uh-huh. So that's really fun to be able to listen to. Cause one thing, you know, you take a video on your phone and it's like, ah, it's fun. But then to have it, you know, professionally. Yeah, Cause you don't need to at that point, you know, yeah, you cause you know, you'll get it. Like, oh, I can also just go yeah. on this website and get a whole recording, like yeah. HD quality, but right. like, you know, Better great audio know. and like just video of the show in mm-hmm. full. It's okay, just really, sure. really cool. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, some, yeah, like part of me is like, no, I wish all, all the concerts I went to did that, but it's also just, it's really cool and it's it's very unique to them, I think. Yeah, yeah and then I think the thing about the live performances, and th- I mean, this is, is in all live performances with any artist that, you know, they can take more liberties live or they can mm-hmm. explore things a little bit more, but I feel like Grateful Dead and Dead and Company, they really turn that up to like, 
11 or like yeah 100 you know like they yeah. really really go for it it's really really cool it's interesting because i think when i think of guitar solos i like a lot of them are like oh it's ones you can like sing or you ones you're familiar with like the guitar solo from bohemian rhapsody yeah, yeah you know yeah. what the first notes are but uh -huh. it's like you know it's like you you said to me before somewhat People will be like, oh, I like this, the version of Brown Eyed Woman from yeah. Ithaca in 78. And then yeah. it's like, oh, I actually oh, like, like No, you got to listen to the, you know, like New York, you know, Wrigley Field, like Wrigley Field uh, 75 or better. Yeah. Version, you know, you think the solo is a little better and tighter it's, here. It's like, whoa. It's crazy how well people know their catalog because it's so mm -hmm. extensive. And then also just with the solos, it's more like, I don't know, when I listen to it, I'm not like paying attention to every note and being like, Oh, like this runs coming up it's mm -hmm. gonna do that it's gonna do that it's just kind of like creating an environment that you just listen to and then you know it'll go back and forth between members of the band and it's just it's really really cool and it's very and it's so big i don't know you just kind of vibe out but like you kind of but do, it is right you know? i mean you take these you know normal i don't know three minute songs three mm -hmm. four minute songs and you extend them out 16 minutes and have yeah at that point the songs in itself are just vessels for improvisation right, right? you know what i mean it's like okay well you kind of understand like the key changes here and there you can hear mm -hmm. the tone of the song yeah. it's, it's still there definitely yeah but you can expand upon in so many different ways and change mm -hmm. it up so many different ways and you still know it's that song and then it yeah. comes all back together there at the end you're like whoa absolutely it's, it's just so cool yeah, I mean, they really, they really kind of prove themselves playing live shows early on. Mm -hmm. So I feel like seeing them, that's probably where they're at their truest self yeah. in a musical sense. Mm -hmm. In terms of live shows, I know one of the ones that people think is really great is at Cornell in 1977. Yeah, that's um, fantastic. Yeah, it's all recorded. That's on Spotify. Uh -huh. Really, really, really good. Um, another one, Europe 72. From the mm -hmm. Europe tour, a lot of is those are like really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah There's yeah. they have a bunch from that, but the ones in London are fantastic. Mm. Um, the ones in uh, Paris are really good too, and it's very similar. Just everything's so tight, mm -hmm. sounds really good, and it's just they're just on it. It's yeah. cra it's crazy when you listen. Mm -hmm. That's really really impressive. Mm -hmm. I think some fun facts. Grateful Dead they sponsored the 1992 Lithuanian Olympic basketball team. Like they sort of funded transportation costs for the team, and they also helped design the jerseys and the shorts. It's just such a cool story. And the jerseys are so sick. Yeah, they're with really the, cool. The tie dye and the skeleton yeah. dunking the basketball. It's so cool. I think there's a documentary. It's called like the Other Dream Team, mm. which is about the Lithuanian national because that was the same Olympics that like the Jordan. Larry Bird. Oh, yeah. The dream yeah, team the, was. But, I mean, they ended up taking third place. <clears throat> yeah, they made... The Lithuania <laughs> got bronze, which that is nothing to sneeze at. No, medal's it's, a medal, man. Yeah, it's just so cool. Like, that's just so sick. Yeah, <laughs> so, so cool. Um, something else, grateful that they, they actually donated all their archives to the library of UC Santa Cruz. They have this sort of exhibit that has a lot of, like, memorabilia, concert, you know, things... I know there's a quote that was like, if you wrote a letter to us in any time, it's probably in the UC Santa Cruz library oh. somewhere. It's just like all their archives. Wow, that's sweet. Yeah, I don't know why they chose UC Santa Cruz, but I mean, they're from, you know, California, but yeah, it's really interesting. I feel like you don't, it's just cool to see them kind of be like, yeah, this is we want people yeah. to explore this. Right, because I mean, they're, their whole motto, you know, they're for the people, mm -hmm. give back to them in any way they yeah. can. 
let them, you know, let them listen to our music. That's what, you know, why we're doing that. It's kind of their whole thing. Play for the people, you Yeah, know? literally. Yeah, it's really, really cool. So now we're moving away from the wiki and on to kind of the critical and the audience reception. So in terms of kind of a critic standpoint, Rolling Stone, they named them number 57 on their 100 greatest artists of all time. This was back in like 2011. Uh, if you are curious, the top five on the list that they have is Chuck Berry at number five, Rolling Stones at number four, Elvis Presley number three, Bob Dylan number two, and The Beatles at number one. And what I think is really funny about listening to that list is that a lot of so Grateful Dead, they do do a lot of covers. Mm -hmm. And I think I think they cover everything. Maybe not Elvis, but yeah. they do a lot of Bob mm -hmm. Dylan covers. Yeah. They do Chuck Berry covers. They do Rolling Stone covers. Mm -hmm. They do Beatles, Beatles covers. covers. Yeah. Which is really funny that, mm -hmm. you know. All I know they're all, are all like song or yeah. like they have grateful that has songs they play live of those people it's it's super cool yeah, yeah. it's they, yeah it's it, it's cool to hear their covers I mean any cover is kind of interesting mm -hmm. but yeah to hear their takes on like you know hey Jude or yeah they all along the watch dear, dear prudence is another yeah. good one they do it's really neat because yeah it's like they make it their own um, mm -hmm. in a really cool way and then I think lists like that it's tough because it's obviously subjective yeah you know i'm sure if they made it now it would have like billy eilish at like 25 <laughs> or something and she's great but a lot of people have made music over the years yeah anyways uh in 2007 the grateful dead they received a grammy lifetime achievement award and then in 2011 the cornell concert from 1997 it was selected for induction into the national recording registry of the library of congress i'm not kidding it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's it's a cool. Big achievement. Yeah, it's really cool to see things like that. Yeah, as was what I talked about in the last episode, Charlie Brown Christmas. It's also in the Library of Congress. That's a really good one as well. Yeah. So in terms of audience, we touched on Deadheads a little bit, but yeah, I they really are, I think, the most devoted fan base in all of music. Just for like the span of how long the band has gone for. And then going to a show, I've only been to one show. It was it was Dead and Company, but Man, like you do see a lot of older people there probably been following them for you know decades then there's also a fair amount of younger people i think you know yeah, yeah. that maybe got into them i know i got into them through you and then also i'm a big john mayer fan so him being in the band i was definitely like oh this would be cool this is a new sort of you know flavor of his playing that probably helped people a lot as well um the name deadheads it comes from a notice that was placed in copies of the album skull and roses which came out in 1971 and the notice read dead freaks unite who are you where are you how are you send us your name and address and we'll keep you informed deadheads and then had a p.o box address it just fits really well i think right. for, for the fan base yeah, like we said they would follow them from city to city a lot of people who were part of this community, they said that, yeah, the actual sense of community among fans was appealing. I mean, yeah, people are tripping out and doing a lot of things, but you never feel like, I don't, you know, everyone's very welcoming. You know, everyone's yeah. really nice. Everyone's, it's all good vibes and good love absolutely. there. Absolutely. You know, it's just what the band is about. Yeah, it's just what the band is about. Mm -hmm. And yeah, like, you know, Deadheads are kind of stereotyped as hippies just because of how big the Grateful Dead were. Um, in terms of the counterculture movement. And I know you said this to me before we went to the Den Company show, but you were saying how it's, it's some of the most like entertaining 
people watching. That's crazy. They're gonna have it really characters is. there, man. It really is. All the people like spinning and yeah, and it's, like you gotta like duck and dodge. Like, Trying not to get smacked in the face. It's really funny, and it's just like yeah. There's a lot of really uh, it's just a wide range of people, and yeah, yeah, everyone's just could not be more kind and more welcoming. Yeah. So now. I mean, we've kind of been doing this. Now we're really going to get into the meat of things and just yeah. talk about our own thoughts on Grateful Dead. Then, what are your thoughts? What do they kind of mean to you? Yeah, so they're pretty big for me. Kind of, I guess I'll talk about how I got in the band. It was yeah. kind of similar to you. Um, so my family, pretty big into Grateful Dead. Like I said, my uncle was like a tried and true deadhead. So he'd always give me music and stuff to listen to, you know, for so, so long. Mm-hmm. But I didn't really listen to a lot of it. You know what I mean? I said I probably would focus a little more on their studio stuff when I was younger. Yeah. A few songs here and there, especially more from like Working Man's Dead American Beauty. And it wasn't until that first show. Um, mm-hmm. It was the Dead & Coat show in 2016. You're wearing the shirt from that. I'm wearing actually. the exact shirt from it mm-hmm. um, where I went there. And I experienced, you know, everything from the shakedown yeah. to the music to... And I was like, oh, I get it. Yeah. I get it. I see why people like this. This is... Not only is this like a fun environment, but the music was just like whoa you know i've never seen someone play all right they're gonna start the you know the band starts when like the doors open mm-hmm. they'll play until whatever they'll play until doors close there's yeah. like a three and a half hour show or no i think when we went started at seven and then they were playing up until like 11 right with like one 20 minute break yeah. in between yeah and that's i mean just being like witnessing them being able to play that consistently well mm-hmm. with very little mistakes little to no mistakes yeah. Especially half the band is pushing like eighty years old. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Bob Weir is pretty old. Mm-hmm. Um, and just being able to play with that consistency and play well, and all you know, like you, all the songs sounded so cool, and I was like, whoa. Yeah. And then from that is where I started experimenting more with the live stuff and listening to more of like the live shows mm-hmm. and live performances, and yeah, ever since there, band. Yeah, mine was very similar because. Like you would, you would send me them, or I would maybe listen to it a little bit on my own. And yeah, like I, I gravitated more towards the studio stuff. You know, I really liked like Box of Rain, really good. Broke Down Palace, yeah. You know, those are both on American Beauty, and they're just more kind of conventional songs. They're like three or four minutes, mm-hmm. and just they're they're really nice. And again, you know, we don't want to knock that, but yeah, just like the live recordings. I didn't like, I don't want to say, like, I, I was like, oh, they are really good and this is really impressive and they're, they play really well, but I don't know, maybe just because I hadn't formed that, like, association with an experience I'd had yet. Yeah. And then I, you know, and then I did see them live and then it, it was just like, I get it. You know, yeah. the, like, the enthusiasm for all the fans, you can't help but, like, love it. Uh-huh. It's so contagious. You right, know, everyone cheering, like knowing yeah. all the fun. I remember it was um, Uncle John's band, and they played it, and the lights would flash, and uh-huh. everyone like knew exactly when to sing. Like, it's like okay, yeah, the first verse and like chorus, yeah, people know when to sing. But yeah. then they would solo for like eight minutes, yeah. and people knew like exactly when to come back in. And it was just, I remember that moment so clearly, and I was like, God, this is so cool. Uh-huh. You know, this is so much fun. And I think one of my favorite things they do too is the ability to meld songs together and like play mm-hmm. one into another. Yes. Which is, and that's cool because 
they like can change genres like a, like like that, mm-hmm. and it still sounds good. Like yeah. an example from when we saw was when they played China Cat Sunflower, which is like a very acid drenched song. Like you listen to the you look at the lyrics and they're all crazy, very like psychedelic, you know, kaleidoscopic colors, yada yada mm-hmm. yada. But they'll play that song most often always into a song called I Know You Rider, which is a very traditional blues song. Yeah. And it works. It does. It's crazy Absolutely. how it works. Yeah. Like you'll get it and then they'll switch and then you get the mm-hmm. tone shift. Everyone's like, yeah. And it's so well known because like I feel like people refer to those songs together. Yeah, yeah. Like, like they say time. China Rider or they'll yeah. say um Scarlet Fire, like Scarlet okay. Gomez yeah, and Fire on the Mountain. Mountain. Yeah. It's it's very impressive. This is one thing, sidetrack sort of. But nice. if you make playlists and stuff about you know, song, jam bands and stuff, especially for ones where they play into one another. Mm-hmm. Spotify or Apple Music needs to have a way where you can link songs to one another. Yeah. So it's not like you add it to a queue where if this song plays, this one should play next always. Because mm-hmm. if you have like a playlist and it's random, they're not yeah. going to have, you know what I mean, this and this play back to back. And it's mm-hmm. kind of annoying. Yeah. Especially for those kind of songs where they're kind of meant to be played back to back. You know what I mean? To have that option. I think it would also be fun to just do it with like, you find two songs... And they're maybe they're in like the same key. Oh yeah, they yeah, have the yeah. same like BPM or something. It's like that would, that would be kind of fun to, yeah, have those two merge in with each other. I think I can definitely see if you haven't seen them live, like the live recordings really not being for everyone. Yeah, yeah, it was definitely. I don't like not that I, before I listened to them at all. I was almost like intimidated because I was like, I don't even know where to start. But right. the thing is with music. And, and with them especially, it's just like, just like dive in, you mm-hmm. know, just give it a shot because what's the worst that's going to happen is maybe it's not for you mm-hmm. and that's fine. But I definitely, you know, the songs are really long and they're kind of, yeah, it's just like vibey. Um, but I definitely get that not, not being for yeah. everybody. Yeah. The length can seem a little daunting, but I don't mind it. I found, I would probably say the same thing. Like, oh, I don't want to like, I don't want to sit down and listen to like a 20 minute song, sure. but I mean, when I'm, like, driving long distances or just chilling, you know, it's very, like, it's, like, a little bit of both where it's, like, I I zone out a little bit. I can just have it on and I'll play, but also I'm still, like, focusing on the music and be, like, oh, like, they're, like, jamming out pretty hard here. I like Mm -hmm. this. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so you can get a really interesting mix of both where you're kind of, like, focus, not focus. And this, I don't know, it's just very cool to, to see. I know for some of the live stuff they can get down to like eight minutes, five minutes for like a little chunk. Yeah. The Europe album, mm -hmm. the Europe live album, Mm -hmm. a few of those songs can get down to like five minutes, which is pretty hell. I think that's that's like like fine. Yeah. Especially for a live performance, which is, you know, that can span 10 more minutes sometimes, you know, but I wouldn't knock the, the length. Uh, I do. I do think it's nice. And it also really highlights their skill, Mm -hmm. especially for when you like look at full albums and it's like, Oh wow. Each one of these are like, 10 minute jams or whatever and like whoa and they're all like so solid and tight Mm -hmm. but also i mean if it's not for you there's they they do span a lot of genres so Mm -hmm. i you'll probably find a song you like definitely you know what i mean they do do they do span a lot of genres cover a lot of you know faster paced song lower pace you know more melodic singing ones like box of rain or broke down palace Mm -hmm. or if you want more ripple so yeah ripple but if you want something more you know instrumental Jam, like cumberland blues yes. or not fade away mm-hmm. or more you know your classic yeah classic song althea oh, that's a good song that was the song that got john mayer into the grateful dead really yeah he said he heard it on like his pandora station <laughs> and then he was like whoa yeah. and he kills those solos I know, he's, he, he's really he sounds really nice out on um 
Philadelphia. He had a guitar made by PRS, which is the company he sort of like signed with, I guess, specifically to play Grateful Dead stuff. And I know he recently got like a like a replica of Jerry Garcia's guitar. Oh, really? That's sweet. Sort of, or it was like made to the same specs. Mm. But yeah, the one he had with PRS, it's so sick. It's called the Super Eagle. <laughs> sweet. <laughs> it's really, really cool. It has like three journey guitars. It has three humbuckers. And it's just a really like warm sound. And it fits so well in uh with the with the dead. Yeah. And kind of going off that with John Mayer and Dead and Company. Um, if you like John Mayer too, you'll probably like mm-hmm. Dead and Coke. I mean he does his voice. If you like I know, a little more poppy voice like yeah. that, I mean, he has got a good song. Like, Him on Bertha sounds nice. Yeah. Um, it hurts Dial, me too. It hurts me yeah. too is really good. And um, you could probably, you know, even more like, like I said, the more singing melodic ones, he kills because his mm-hmm. voice is really good for that. Yeah. I think it's it's just, it's fun because seeing him play his own music, like, I'm sure he loves it. But, you know, it is more maybe like radio friendly. Sure. More, more poppy. You know, not that that's a bad thing. I mean, no. I love it. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, this is, he kind of gets to, like, sort of flex his guitar muscles more than he usually does. Mm-hmm. Um, and just in a really different way. So, yeah, definitely feel like John Mayer, worth checking out Dead and Company for sure. Yeah. And even if you find, um, you might find a song and think that it's cool, there are so many different versions of that one song, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. You'll probably find another really cool one, mm-hmm. like, um... They even have sometimes like fun guests that show up. Um, they did an album with Bob Dylan. I yeah, know. yeah, they did an yeah. album with uh, Bob Dylan um, on one one song for this song, uh, Eyes of the World, which is a pretty popular one. People like they got a Brantford Marsalis to make an appearance on it. Oh. If you don't know, he's a very famous jazz saxophonist, That's and so cool. they're playing. And you hear like this nice saxophone in the back, That's and it sounds really like cool. it's really cool. Um, but there's so many, so many different songs, and I think that's also uh, a big appeal for them is mm-hmm. for that how much music is out there for people just to go explore and listen to because you might find a song you like and then it's happened to me a few times where it's like i found oh i really really like this version and then you know someone sends me something or mm-hmm. i'll find something's like whoa this version is kind of insane too yeah you know what i mean like whoa you know kind of maybe this one's not my favorite right yeah. and then you can keep going maybe this one now like, you know what I mean? Maybe the solo's tighter on this one, or maybe there's a better keyboard solo, or there's no mic interference or something, right? Yeah. Because there's, there's so many shows, there's so many variables and things for you just to have to explore with the music. Mm-hmm. It's really, really cool. It is super cool. So if you do want to get into them, but you're not sure where to start, Ben actually took the liberty of making a, a little playlist on yeah. Spotify. It's going to be linked in the description of this episode. I think it is a really good, like, sort of jumping off point. Yeah, there's a... Get into it. There's a little bit of everything in there. There's, I'd say it's more from their live stuff, mm-hmm. more from their live stuff. A few studio songs. I put in a few songs from the dead that are like linked. Like um, it was mm-hmm. not fade away into going down the road, mm-hmm. um, back into not fade away. Just to kind of understand how it is, like where they play the songs back to back. And then uh, some dead and company songs as well, just to give you like a healthy mix yeah. of that. If you're interested in other things to check out, there's a documentary called Long Strange Trip, yes. which is a fantastic it's Grateful Dead documentary. Produced by Martin Scorsese. Yeah, 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 which yeah. is crazy. But yeah. It's on Amazon Prime. Yeah, sure. Prime. It might yeah. be on other places now, but I think it still is on Prime. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, that's such a good... It just breaks down the history of the band. Uh, the one Deadhead episode is so cool because they get like some celebrities to come on and just talk about their experience with the Grateful Dead. Bill Walton. Yeah, Bill okay. Walton. I think a few guys on like, like NPR 
were like big tapers too like oh you gotta listen to this and if you're uh, interested in other live shows there's something called uh, dick's picks i know funny name settle (laughs) down but uh (laughs) it's he's dick latvala who was the grateful dead's vault and tape archivist so he was the guy managing all their archives for all like the the tape shows Mm -hmm. and it's a series of him just basically like these are my favorite shows and they're all there's like a bunch of different volumes on spotify of him just like yeah listen to this one that's Um, sick and you can get a really kind of good feel for the grateful dead and their like live shows like that the best ones and then for dead and co i mean uh, most of their shows are on spotify yeah and they always are adding new ones for like the new tours and stuff. But yeah. you can find all the music out there. The one at Boulder is really good. Yeah, I forget. The, it was like 2017 or something. Yeah, that one's really really good. Mm-hmm. Um, most of the ones at like Wrigley Field are really good too. They're really good in outdoor venues. I think. Yeah. Well, you said you saw them at either Joe Lewis or Little Caesars. It was at Little Caesars, and it was like fine. But thing. I think that they went there and they went back to DTE. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is way more friendly vibe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that fits really well. Also, get the time check out like all the Dead and Co artwork for the posters. Oh, they're so all cool. so cool, and they all look so. I don't know. They're just so fun to look at. They're all for the shows. They do like all these cool promotional artworks mm-hmm. for each of the live shows. Usually, like a poster with it. Yeah, the yeah. one we saw. I didn't mean to interrupt you. All right, you're good. You're good. The one we saw at Pine Knob last June, so June of 2022. It was like you know you see the sort of amphitheater in the background. You see like the skilos and like, these two skeletons like dancing. Yeah, and it was just really really beautiful. Oh, you can so cool. You can take a lot of time just looking at the artwork and being like, whoa, this is really fun to look at. Mm-hmm. I think also like their merch is my favorite of any band. I yeah, think it's, it's really really cool. We're both wearing Grateful Dead or Dead Co shirts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, just like the bears, the the skeleton, the mm-hmm. roses. It's just really really cool. I think. Yeah, probably. I don't think there's any other music scene that has a whole culture like this. I can't really think of anyone who has, like, to this caliber as well. No. I mean, they really started their own, like, culture. Like, the dead, grateful dead, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah, more than just fans. Yeah. It's like a, yeah. Like, you hear, oh, it's like, oh, this is my personality. But, like, it really is. Yeah, it's really people's personality. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's so unique. Yeah, even, I mean... They're interesting and they're really, really great from a musical standpoint, but honestly, they're just as interesting, yeah, just from a cultural standpoint. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, really fascinating. I haven't watched the documentary yet, but it's been on my watch list you for like a year. It's fantastic. It's such a good documentary. I'm going to start it tonight, man. No better time like the <laughs> yeah, present, honestly. Right? <laughs> I'm sorry. Hunter Hunter can wait. Yeah. That's a good, man, that was really good. That's a fire show. Yeah. But, um, yeah, man, they're just, int- it's like, yeah, unlike any band or any group I can think of. Yeah, I, I'd agree with you. It's really something special. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be sad when. This is the final, final Dead and Company tour. It is the final tour. Is this I summer. I don't know if they'd continue it. You know what I mean? I don't know if they'd still, you know, John Mayer, they get, you know, two more drummers and someone mm-hmm. to place Bob Weir and just have yeah. like a full-on cover band of that. I know band. that, right. Then it wouldn't be... I mean, it would still be good. Because it is like, Dead & Co. is already kind of like a cover band. Yeah, you know what I like, mean? Yeah. It's not really like, you know. Mm-hmm. But I kind of hope they still do it just so I have more excuses to go check them yeah. out because it's just like so much fun. <laughs> yeah, just for really oh, they're Like the shows are just such a treat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At the same time, I would understand. Yeah, so it, it makes sense, for, you know. 
what, 60 years? Yeah. Almost. Yeah. But yeah, check out the playlist if you're interested in uh, the band. Mm-hmm. Ben, I have a question I like to ask guests. Okay. I would. Say, I was going to say all my guests, but I only ask it once. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, this doesn't have to be about music. This doesn't have to be about the dead. But is there any person, this can be movies, this can be TV shows, where when you see they're tied to this thing, like, that makes you want to see it. Is there anyone out there, any creators or any actors? Ooh. Or you're just like, this person's attached to this thing. I'm interested because of that. Ooh, that's a, that's a good question. I think for actors, maybe like a... Jack Black. <laughs> Literally, though. I don't know. He's, he's so pretty funny, funny. you know. I, uh, Kung Fu Panda. Like, yeah, he's like a funny guy. I'll probably check him out. On a more serious note, like, I'm trying to think. That's a that's a tough, it's a tough question. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe some like video game studios. I'm trying to think of like these people made a game. I'll probably go check out their game. I think after Sucker Punch made Ghost of Tsushima, man. Like, yeah. I played that game so much. And the thing, I didn't even get into it until, like, literally, I don't know, December. Mm-hmm. Or, like, but, man, that game is so good. I feel like that's in a studio I'll keep my eye on. Or maybe a future Recommendies podcast? Oh! Be, oh a subtle a hint on the future. Foreshadowing, as they <laughs> say. Oh, I love Ghost of Tsushima. Dude, yeah, that's so sick. It's so much fun. In the fire blade. I know, you feel, man, and then all the different like masks and all the different katanas. The drip, the different armors. It's world, so sick. <laughs> it's literally my favorite part. I think I spend more time like picking what hat to wear yeah. than <laughs> I do like playing. Liberating Tsushima. Yeah, for real. I think for like filmmakers, I know. I, so I, I asked this question to Alex for the Nice Guys episode, mm-hmm. and I said Robert Eggers was a filmmaker. Oh, that's a good one. I really love. It. I think just because he has. He doesn't have that many things out yet. I think right now, uh, it's like sort of a similar vein in terms of not having that much stuff out, but the Safty brothers, mm. they're really great. I mean, I've seen Good Time and then Uncut Gems, which I know you're, you're also like both those things. Yeah, yeah they're fantastic mm. movies. They have, another, they have at least one other movie that was before those two, and I haven't seen it, but... Yeah, I mean, like, they make really stressful movies. Yeah, if I want to, like, not sleep or, like, sweat a lot, I'll watch them. <laughs> Your heart rate is above, like, 130 yeah. for the entire <laughs> ride time. ventilating in the theater. They're just, they're, they're really, really cool. Um, yeah. I don't know. It's hard to say. I'm trying to think of any uh, music ones. Like, any other music mm-hmm. ones that I can tie this person to, like. Yeah, I think there's obvious, like, <laughs> John Mayer's on something. I'll check it out. Yeah, okay. Um, that, that's but, fair. Yeah, but like more, um, I don't know. That's harder, I feel like. I mean, there's yeah. like features, but mm-hmm. it's like, oh, if you're a fan of a musician, it's like, well, yeah, you're probably going to listen to their Yeah, or whatever thing. other project they go and do, you know, because sometimes they can branch out and, you know, oh, mm-hmm. you know, he's playing guitar in this group for just like a project or two yeah. and then goes over here. That was cool. That's like, um, like Silk Sonic, sort of like that. Yeah, yeah, Silk Sonic's a good example. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Anderson packs on like everything. He really is. Like Free Net, the whole like Free National stuff. So he's gonna like make some great appearances on that. He's plays yeah. drums or. I know there was band on like the Tiny Desk concert. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That one was really good. Yeah. Do you have anything else? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I think uh, I think we we uh, hit the the nail on the head with that one. You know. Yeah. 
glad to be a part of this episode, man. It's a fun one. One I was really looking forward to doing. I know. Getting it, to I, share my love of the dead to I, all of you guys. I couldn't have done it with anyone else. There's no way I would have done this by myself. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I've seen them once and they're pretty good. <laughs> I mean, but I've only seen like, I guess three, but it's already because, you know, we're not. But they've been, I feel like, a part of your life. Yeah, that's You know, your, your parents and your uncle, like mm-hmm. you said. Grateful Dead is really good. Yeah, fantastic. Check them out, please. <laughs> definitely, definitely. You'll get a kick out of it, especially yeah. if you just like enjoy music. Yeah, I don't know if you like play music and be like, "Whoa, how yeah. did they?" I'm sure if you are a musician, you can probably appreciate what they're doing in a like a much. I don't want to say a better way, but in a more uh, refined. I don't know. Yeah, more like technical way. Technical is a good word for it. Yeah, like, okay. they're doing some pretty crazy stuff, right? Musically. Like, yeah, you can play, like, for a concert, you know, you can go play guitar or whatever. You make a song, and then for the concert, it's very, like, a cut and paste mm-hmm. of what the song would be like on the album. But going out there and playing, just free-balling it, basically. It's like jazz, you know what I mean? Yeah. Kind of just, like, Definitely. just going for it, improvise, and then come yeah. back get together for, like, I don't know how many songs they play in, like, I said, like, 12-plus songs. Like, yeah. Over, but the thing is, that doesn't sound like that many, but it's, like... No, when you're playing for, like, three-plus hours, yeah. it's just, like hard guitar or hard piano or drums or bass or whatever everything like it just comes together in this one beautiful sound mm-hmm. it really really is something to see yeah i mean if if you're at all interested if you check them out and then you like it i would really recommend going to a dead and company show if you can mm-hmm. um it's just a lot of fun it's really really like you just like it's like the light bulb clicked for me yeah you know when i was there and it was like wow yeah because i remember for the show they uh they encored with a johnny be good yeah and i was like whoa what they can play like this stuff too i was <laughs> so like whoa cool. like damn it they were rocking it oh it's so it was so cool and everyone there is just like you know laughing having fun yeah singing along too it was mm-hmm. so sick yeah it's just a really inviting and really just such a cool environment yeah like you said it's unlike any fan base or any band that i can think of yeah so uh with that being said thank you for listening if you've made it this far ben thank you for coming on uh, thanks for having me as always as yeah, always yeah, of course. it's always an honor to be on this banger of a podcast <laughs> thank you man you're always welcome Ooh, any yeah. topics you want to talk about we'll, we'll, we'll go know. in the we'll cook in the lab a little bit we'll oh, see definitely. what what fun ones we can come up with, I yeah. guess. Keep an eye out for that Genshin impact. Oh, episode. dude. <laughs> don't gotta expose me like that. Oh, that, that'll be in due time. Back. I don't wanna... <laughs> <laughs> Actually, uh, just kidding. I don't think I could. Yeah. <laughs> no, but yeah, seriously, man. Thank you so much. This no problem, so man. No fun. problem. It's always just so much fun. Yeah, I mean, thank you for listening. These yeah, are, thank you, thank you. It's a blast, and uh, yeah, we'll see you guys in the next Catch one. Catch you on the flip side. Peace. Bye.